That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? Okay, so we're about to start another That L Word Podcast episode and we're about to talk about something that a lot of people don't discuss a lot. Um, conflict. Dealing with conflict. Yeah, we can look at that. It was like, oh, well, what kind of a conflict? Is it self-conflict? Is it inner conflict? Is it other people? It's conflict. I think it's all of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, being a paralegal, especially working in um, a long time ago, I used to work in legal assistance where we deal with um, divorces, uh, wills, marriage settlement agreements, uh, child support, um, adoption. We were taught conflict resolution, right? Being able to be that third party that had no connection with either and being able to see the things that needed to be seen to actually get to a certain point. And I think that's what conflict, if you look at conflict, it's, it's, it's the ability not to be able to see that you, cause you can be, you, if you're, if you're conflicting with yourself, then you're not going to be able to really, have a conversation with other people. You're not going to be able to, we talked about, oh, what was it? I don't know what episode that was, but um, reality TV, yeah. conflict. And when we were talking about communication, and <laughs> yes. I was going to bring up communication. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you talk about conflict. Oh, my goodness, right? And it's, it's, what's sad about it is in this world we live in today, we feed off of it. Like, that's what, like, Fox News. Um, everything. Everything yeah. it is, like, the more conflict that it has, the more the higher the ratings, right? The more exciting the show is, the the more gossip you'll get around it. But if I say, "Hey, let's learn about love," nobody wants to do it. <laughs> well, and you know what came to mind for me, and I, I won't say the names or anything because I don't want to out anybody. But I had a friend who was telling me the other day that he was um, he's of one kind of belief and was going to do a podcast for a very large media outlet. And he was going to do a podcast with somebody else who was diametrically opposed to his beliefs. That's dangerous. That's what we think because they want that conflict. <laughs> they want it. Oh, yeah. But the reality is this, and this is just really a moral point about the media itself, is he said the only there was one point that they disagreed on fundamentally. But other than that, they agreed about everything else in the issue that they were, you know, that was surrounding. Sound like their, somebody didn't do their homework. <laughs> well. The organization if, that wanted that conflict to happen. But if you look at these two people, you think you throw them together, no matter what, it's going to be conflict because they are like opposite fish. ends yeah. of the spectrum. They didn't. He said they recorded like four episodes and the media outlet that was doing it said, okay, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't publish they didn't it. Want it no they more. didn't want it. Because they they, oh, they didn't publish it. Because they didn't get the conflict that they were looking for. Even though he said we had great conversations and it was good podcasting, it was good information, but the media didn't get, the people that were paying for the podcast didn't well, get Well, hell, the I disagree then. I know, right? <laughs> is, that, is that what gets into more listeners? So yeah, people I don't want to do, do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. They mm -hmm. want conflict. Like, the media uh -huh. wants conflict. But I think the root of all conflict is communication. Whether it's, whether it's conflict with yourself, whether it's conflict with somebody 
you know, uh, you're in a relationship with, whether it's conflict at work, it all starts with communication. But uh, we come back from the communication. We all, let's just go back to communication. Like, where does that conflict start? Like you say within yourself. And so we have to ask ourselves why. Like what, what, are we, what do we disagree with? What do, what do, what do we dislike? And, and why do we have, like why are, is our, because like, I think the conflict would, I guess you can look at conflict and it, like, it doesn't have to be extreme. No, like not at all. It can be conflicting thoughts. That's right. Right? But like when most people talk about conflict, you automatically think of, yeah. you know, fisticuffs. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's going on or we're arguing and somebody yelling or, you know, we're talking about, you know, the Middle East conflict or, you know, the White mm-hmm. House conflict or, or, you know, home conflicts. It's never, um, we just, just disagree. Yeah, conflicting <laughs> points of view. Yeah, we just, we don't agree on the same thing. And, and that's why I say the foundation is communication, because if you've got some kind of inner conflict, you have to first be honest and have that, that conversation with yourself about whatever it is that you're dealing with. And a lot of people are afraid to have that conversation with themselves, to sit down and reflect on it and say, okay, I'm conflicted about this. What, what is it that I want to? I sit here thinking, it's like, why though? Like, why are we? Because people are afraid. Why are we so scared? Like, it's why are we fear-based. So, why are we so scared of, damn, growth and our own emotions? Like, we, we, oh, my God. It's, it's, it, we ask for so much, but we want to do so little to have it, right? I want to be strong and courageous, but I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. What? Like, Hold on, like you just said, you wanted this, but now because it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be challenging, or you've never done it before, you don't want to do it. Well, and and to use your example, I want to be strong and courageous. The the conflicting side of that is I feel weak and empower and and not powerful right now. If I want to be something, then I'm probably not that right mm-hmm. now. There's mm-hmm. the conflict, and am I willing to have that conversation with myself and admit I don't feel strong and confident right now? And this is what I need to be, or this is how I view myself as becoming strong and confident. That takes a, that's a strong conversation. And we all have, we all have that inner dialogue going on, even the most successful people, right? Because a lot of people feel that I have it figured out, right? They might, you know, as you coach people, they're like, well, well, it's easy for you. Well, you, you know, you've been doing this a while. They, They give you every excuse why you're so unique and you don't have any issues. And they're just like the, you know, at the other end of the spectrum. Um, but we all have that. We we all have like inner inner turmoil, inner conflict. You know that imposter syndrome is conflict. And every day too. <laughs> and I know you experience this, and it's always easy to draw on physical examples. Mm-hmm. You know, I wake up and and since I've retired, there's a couple mm-hmm. things I told myself. You know, I'm I'm always going to do something physical. I'm going to try to do something physical every day. Mm. Okay. You know, once in a while you take a little break here, but yeah. because if not, it's very easy and you'll see, you'll see it's easy to fall into that. Well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hang out today. Today I'm just going to read. Today I'm just going to, just going to, just going to, just going to. And the next thing you know, you haven't worked out in a week. And I think drinking is another thing. You know, I told myself I'm only going to drink on the weekends. That way it's, it's similar to when I was working. So it kind of keeps me out of trouble there mm-hmm. because it's very easy to fall into those things. But with the, with the working out, you know, everybody knows I love to surf. I love to be outside. I love to ride my bike. That's working out. 
but I also don't like it when it's cold. I used to do it because I had to, but now if it's too cold, I don't necessarily want to get out and go for a ride. I will get in the water, but I don't always want to go for a ride if it's too cold. I know it doesn't, right? Because I can be dry and warm on my butt. I don't know. I don't enjoy cold rides as much as I enjoy surfing in the cold, let's say. Well, you don't enjoy riding as much as you enjoy surfing, so that makes sense. Right. So if those two things are eliminated for me as a choice for working out that day, then I find myself on the elliptical in, in the, our little workout room, right? And more often than not, there's conflict, inner conflict, because when I wake up, I'm like, all right, it's freezing. There's no surf, which means I got to get on that stupid elliptical machine. And I'm, I don't want to do it because I don't enjoy that thing. But I have to have the conversation with myself and be honest and say, what do I need to tell myself to get my butt in there and get on it and get it knocked out and be done with it? If conflict is no, not wanting to do something, man, I, oh, daily. Like, every day. Know, every daily. Because, I mean, it, it is easier just, just to sit around and, but like. That's avoiding conflict, though. And so we, we will talk about that later when we put the same template on top of yeah. avoiding conflict with people. It's easy to talk about it when we're avoiding conflict with ourselves. of, I don't want to work out. Well, isn't that a conflict, though? That's avoiding the conflict, but you know, I don't want to get into, like, making people confused. But you're avoiding, you're avoiding the conflict for me is whether or not I go and do the stupid elliptical machine. The easy button. Stop saying it's stupid, though. Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> of the things that I got to do, I don't that, like it. But, it's how, but uh, that's a good point. Yeah. It's how we define it. Well, I tell you this. I've changed because I always talk about if you have a negative mm -hmm. thought, follow it up with a positive thought about the same thing. Okay. So what was your positive so thought? So my negative thought about the elliptical is I don't enjoy it because it doesn't move. <laughs> right? You get an elliptical bike. They got elliptical bikes now. I, oh, man. <laughs> but... The positive aspect is I get to watch trash TV while I'm doing it. Fast. So I don't think about it as I've got to be on the elliptical. I think about it as I'm going to watch trash TV for 45 minutes to an hour while I sweat, and then I'm going to get a shower and start doing other stuff. So you're saying you're changing the conflict by redefining what you need to do. I'm redefining the positive <laughs> aspects of it, removing the negative, negative side and looking at what I enjoy about it, which is a reason to watch trash TV. And then I'm done. That's a good point on how people how people can remove it, right? It's like if you you if you decide you don't have this is the, this is the hard part. People are like, well, this is the way I believe. Like you don't have to accept it, but you sh if you can put yourself in the other side and watch a person's view or uh, you know or an, another version of it, you can say, okay, this is what I can get from it instead of saying this is what I don't want from it. Right, I get to do this instead of saying I have to do this. Mm -hmm. Right, so you, I guess you kind of redefine the conflict. You redefine it. You decide that you want to move forward instead of staying stagnant or moving. You can go in reverse too. Well, and you have to. You do have to accept whatever it is. So for me, I have to accept that I'm getting on the elliptical. But when I redefine it, I re I redefine it in a positive way. You know, the the fact that I have to get on the elliptical doesn't change. I need that. I have to do it. It's something I've committed to. But I'm going to have the conversation with myself to redefine and avoid, um, well, not avoid, but 
deal with the negative side of it and then look at the positive aspects. Do you it. think it's easier to deal with in, uh, internal conflicts than, than external? I think it depends on the person. Meaning? Some people are very comfortable. I'm very comfortable uh, dealing with conflict with other people. Just because I've done it so much over the years and I've yeah. gotten comfortable with it. And I think that there are definitely people out there who are comfortable maybe dealing with internal conflict but don't want to deal with it and avoid it would with be, other would people. Would that be an introvert? Or? I don't know. I, I don't know that it has anything to do with whether or not you're an introvert. That's an, a great point. Maybe, to some it degree. That might be a deeper that might Yeah, be a that deeper might be. Yeah. But I think that... Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people avoid conflict even within themselves. They'll take the easy button. They'll say, oh, I'm just not going to think about that. I'll, wor I'll work out tomorrow. What's that, or, what's that called? Um, we call it in the legal community, uh, deliberate ignorance. I've never heard that, but I like it. It's in, yeah, it's called deliberate ignorance. Just because you choose not to, you know, to, to do something doesn't mean, you know what I mean? That, that is what we talked about before <laughs> several episodes ago is pretending. Uh, what are you pretending, pretending not to know? Correct. Is deliberate ignorance. That might be a good a good uh, title for this episode. Is deliberate, <laughs> deliberate ig ignorance. Because yeah, deliberate it, ignorance. it goes into, mm -hmm. as we get out of the internal struggles with conflict, how often does that apply when you're dealing with other people and avoiding conflict? How often are people, like, using that deliberate ignorance? It's, it's hard for me to even understand if, because you said it depends on the person, right? <clears throat> but but we could we could go a different uh, angle. It's like how can you handle external? That's that's the hard part. Like you could think, how can you handle external conflict if you can't handle the internal conflict? Like it's almost like do as I say, not as I do. And I would agree with that completely. And I think you have to first be good at dealing with inner conflict before maybe. And I, I don't know. I guess at first blush, I think that. I think you first have to be good at dealing with it internally. Deal again, self-awareness, all that stuff we're right. always talking about, to be good at dealing with conflict on the outside. But I'm sure there are examples out there of people that are good at dealing with conflict on the outside who don't deal with it well internally. But I think to be really good they at can't, it. Like, I just have to believe that they can't be effective. I, I mean, I'm, I'm only saying that because... <clears throat> There's always somebody out there that can do it, right? There's always somebody. I'm trying. To, I'm just trying to think, trying to imagine in my mind how that would look, and would they have the tools? I mean, I guess if 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 it was like modeled over something, you know what I'm saying? You teach somebody these are the steps to get past it, but to articulate it in a way where you're you're talking to multiple different people. Because, like, to be able to teach something, you need to have a certain level of understanding, mm -hmm. right? And so that understanding comes with kind of with some ownership. I, no, I agree completely. I'm just saying for, for the sake of argument, I'm sure there's somebody in the world yeah, that yeah. is not good at doing it themselves and can do it effectively with others. I would argue that most people should first learn to be self-aware and deal with their own inner conflict to be better at dealing with other people's yeah, conflicts. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I'm just like I'm just thinking it out. It's like it's like a hypocrite. <laughs> like Yeah, it is kind of. You're <laughs> like, right. It's like a hypocrite. It's like if you if you exist and you can handle and I I I will go ahead and challenge everybody. Like if you exist and you feel like you handle everybody else's conflict, like maybe take tomorrow or today and just 
deal with yourself. Like, you know, write it, write yourself, write your conflicts down on a piece of paper, right? And how I do this with myself all the time. When it's something that I don't know how to do, right? Because I am good at helping other people. Right, I'm really yeah. good at it. And so I had to like take it and make myself like an avatar <laughs> and yeah. say, This is Morgan 2.0. Okay, he's dealing with this issue. What would you tell him? Yeah. I've, I actually had a client, I talk about the voice in your head a lot. Mm -hmm. I had a client one time name the voice in their head because it made it easier for them to deal with, the, with that voice mm. when they kind of personified it. Like you said, made an avatar out of it. And I thought that was, was brilliant because it's a way for them to have that conversation. Because sometimes, you, when, you, sometimes you, when you stay so in, internal, you get, you, um, you get paralyzed. Because yeah. it's it's scary and it's painful to look within a lot, and you have to almost. Uh, Tony Robbins talks about this a lot, where uh, momentum, right? And I believe taking 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 that that responsibility kind of pulling pulling it to the outside of you, it helps momentum. It's like you can see it somewhere else, and then you can look at it, and then be like, then you can come back and say, "Oh, now I understand me." I get it. And that gives you the momentum to keep the growth going. But if sometimes we internalize things so much because they, they it's painful or it hurts that we refuse to actually address it. Like that's the conflict there. Like, like oh, I want to be better, but it don't feel good to be better. Like I don't, I, you know, I don't want to be depressed, but I don't want to do the work to do to be, to be not. I don't want to relive that situation. Mm -hmm. um, but like you will see a lot of um, organizations, counselors, coaches that are kind of like, Okay, let's write it down. Let's 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 take it out. Let's put it in this basket, right? Uh, empty yourself. You hear that in meditation? Empty yourself. Take that stuff out. Put it outside so we can see it outside the body. We can see it outside of what you're doing on a daily basis in the office, and we can see. Well, what are your where where is it for you? What does it look like for you? Now tell me, what can we do for this person? What can we do for this this task? And look at it from an area of I'm helping somebody else and then learning from that process. And I think that's why we both agree that you've got to be good at it with yourself to be good at it with other people. Mm -hmm. Because in the same way that you're describing the other person, your version of like yourself. A, with a doppelganger or ego. Right, yeah. So right. Morgan 2.0, I'm mm -hmm. dealing with all that. If you learn those skill sets in dealing with your own you know, conflict, then when you're faced with conflict from other people, you're more likely to sit back and say, okay, you know, instead of seeing them as Morgan 2.0, you're just seeing them as another person and you're open and more curious and you, you show up with beginner's mind, which we've talked about before yes, to see it from their perspective and listen to everything they have to say, try to understand what they've got going on, process it within yourself the same you would as if you were dealing with some internal conflict mm -hmm. and then have that conversation to deal with it. Are there are there are there areas of that 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 conflict that that people have a harder time with? Like is it, like what if we looked at conflict as um, we you know we can look at it, we just disagree or we don't agree on a certain topic? Why? Uh, I kind of digress a little bit. Why in when we define conflict, do we look at it as such a negative thing, right? Why is why is 
not agreeing or even with yourself, like you, you can have conflicts. Why is that negative? Like, why is it a bad thing? Is it, is it a bad thing? I think it's like vulnerability. The word mm-hmm. itself has gotten a bad rap or self doubt. Right. Yeah. I just, I just did a post, uh, I think yesterday or today, or maybe it was last week, whatever it was. And who knows when this podcast will come out. It's yeah. probably several weeks ago. <laughs> uh, but I just, it, it's okay to disagree. And that, but is it, but it is. And that's what I'm saying. It is okay to disagree. So, if you're a leader in, in an environment with your team, your team should know in no uncertain terms that it's okay to disagree with me. It's okay to raise your concern. By definition, that right there is conflict. And if you're not inviting and people, that. And, and leaders and employees will, will avoid that most of the time. They will. But if you're not inviting that as a leader, then you're not getting the full input of the team. And if you're not getting the full input of the team and the team doesn't feel heard, eventually they're going to shut down and go somewhere else. But if you are allowing them to disagree, that there's a difference between people disagreeing or speaking up or, you know, expressing their creativity or their ideas or whatever, which is probably conflicting to the direction you might have been going. Or having a problem or complaining. Yeah. Well, for sure, <laughs> you know, but the, the, the piece where the leadership comes in is the team has to understand and respect that the accountability and the responsibility for the decision lies on the, the leader's shoulders. So as a leader, it's good to listen to everybody's point of view, allow them to disagree, make the decision, and then go. A solid team is going to know that when you go, once the decision is made, then we're all on board. I think the biggest part, it just hit me right here. Conflict doesn't mean confrontation. That's right. There you go. (laughs) Maybe that's that's another title. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Conflict doesn't mean confrontation, right? Because that's what we... That's how we associate it. Like I, I, I talk about, like we talk about vulnerability and self doubt, or even love. Like, like how we define, and we have our own definitions based off our own life experiences, how we look at things. Uh, and I talk people about self doubt. Like, oh, self doubt is bad. Like, no, like you. So, what is self doubt? Like, you're 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 exploring what you don't think you can do. Like, if you get stuck there, that's a problem, mm-hmm. right? But you, we all go through that process to like, mm, can I? podcast is going to be successful that's a little self-doubt like am i going to be good enough for this right but i don't stay there and say no i'm gonna make it good i'm gonna do what i need what i what, I, what it needs to take i'm we're gonna have great content we're gonna get it out there to the right people we're gonna have good guests and we don't get stuck there i think that's where when it comes to uh, conflict we get stuck into a, a a mind frame that where it's like it's we're looking we're looking at confrontation and we need to we need to separate those two words and if you have a conflict, being able to communicate and talk at a at a level where the the com the confrontation never exists, right? Yeah, because you can deal with conflict in a non-confrontational way. Well, I should say a non-aggressively confrontational way. Because you, if we were to break down the word, to confront somebody mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean it's in an aggressive way. Yeah, we can bring down another word. I yes, know, right? right. Yeah, it just know, means right. that you're, you're confronting. Right. I'm confronting it's you like, with hey, this conflict. I don't, I don't like that you didn't, you know, put the toilet paper on. You know. Yeah. Are you are you a toilet over, paper over, over or a toilet no, paper no, under I'm guy? A, I'm a over. Okay. All right. Then we can stay under. for. Oh, see, there's conflict right there. It is. I'm like, stop putting the toilet paper under. I don't like it because it goes so fast. Like you pull it, it go all the way down the floor, and then God <laughs> the help us if the cat gets it. Yep. Yep. But no, I think, I think dealing with conflict 
and confronting somebody is where most leaders have a ton of trouble. They have a hard time dealing with other people because of the emotion involved, because of their own self-doubt, because of their own fears or their ego. It all plays into, and so what do they do? They'll avoid it. They avoid the conversation that's going to help that person grow or deal with the situation. You had to help them reflect on it. It's like, because you are choosing not to address the issue, right? Because you're scared of the conflict or the confrontation. At some point, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna come up one of two ways. You're gonna have to address it at some point, or it's gonna be a negative feedback because you didn't address it at the point that, that it occurred, right? And I, I think that the avoidance is, well, obviously, avoidance is most of the time fear, fear of the unknown, fear of you know bodily harm or mental harm, but avoidance. It's not helping anyone. It's not. It's not preventing. It's not preventing anything from occurring. It just is putting a rain check on it. Well, or allowing it to fester to where it's going to explode. Mm. And I've mm. seen leaders move someone out of one area in the organization or from one team to another instead of having the conversation. Mm-hmm confronting the conversation, you know, confronting them with whatever the issue is, they won't say anything to them. They'll just move them. And if that person is is cancerous or volatile or bad, you're not giving them the opportunity to fix themselves, and you're passing that problem on to somebody else, which is going to explode later. Or they will just leave it and let it fester, which affects the rest of the team because everybody knows what's going on in a team. And then it will blow up into a situation. And I learned this at a young age. I don't think I've shared this on on our podcast. I was the senior corpsman on a ward in a hospital when I first came in. And we had this young sailor. He was a corpsman who had been working in the post office downstairs in the hospital, then came up to our ward. Nicest guy in the world. And we were all working with him. He did not have the aptitude for medicine. So it was interesting because no matter what we did, he couldn't, he couldn't grasp the concepts. Now we're talking about people's lives or harming people because we're working in a hospital environment. Mm -hmm. And I can't say it was for lack of trying because everybody tried to work with him. Right. And again, and this is what you hear all the time. Oh, but he's a nice guy. She's a nice gal because we're emotionally attached to that instead of having the conversation. We had been having the conversation with this guy all along the way, like, hey, we need you. You know, we couldn't leave him alone with patients. So finally, I did what every 18-year-old young person is going to do, right? I called my dad. And I was like, hey, pops, here's what, and he was still in the Navy at the time. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, here's what I'm dealing with. And I kind of explained the situation. And he said, well, bud, you're going to learn something at a very young age, right? And that's how how to confront somebody and deal with the situation because you're responsible for it. And he asked me, if you were to leave that, Leave it alone. Is he probably going to end up hurting somebody? And I said, yeah. No probably to that. <laughs> and, and he said, if you move him somewhere else, you know, to another ward or something, what's going to happen? I said, he's probably going to hurt somebody. And he said, you know, he didn't ask the same question of what are you pretending not to know, but it's essentially what he was doing. 
we were pretending, you know, not to know what I shouldn't say that because we were addressing it the best we could. But the reality is if we didn't do something, if we didn't confront the situation, you were avoiding, uh, you were the, I mean, during that situation, you were avoiding the conflict. I, and I, I can say in retrospect, we weren't, we were doing, we were talking to him along the way and working through all this, but the, the hard part had yet to come. And that was when we made the decision that this guy could not be a corpsman. That's where the real that's conflict that he, came in. That, that's the, the emotional part where, where you might not have been stuck in the, the void and the conflict, but you were getting to the point where it's like, damn, I don't really want to do this, but that's, I need to do this. And that's what it came down to. And that's what my dad helped me kind of work through. You know, there he was playing the, the chief to the young sailor kind of role, mm -hmm. you know, as well as, as being the dad. But he helped me realize it was my responsibility to, to confront this situation. And so... You know, the division officer and myself pulled this guy in, and it was this massive type of, you know, conversation where we essentially did all the stuff that we had to do to pull his rating as a corpsman because he was going to end up hurting somebody. But we got him re-rated as a postal clerk because he was... I, I would have I, be middle help after that. Well, but it was... <laughs> it worked for him. And, and only because, Morgan, we were asking him what he enjoyed, and he loved being down there. Because he got to interact with people. He was great with people. And he was great with that type of job. And so by talking to him and asking him what it was that he enjoyed, what made him want to come to work and all that, we were able to get him back into a trade that he enjoyed, that he was good at. It was just a very difficult conversation to tell somebody, hey, you're not going to be yeah. a corpsman anymore. Send them home or send them somewhere. Yeah. Right. But then I would see that guy every day after that when I was coming in you know, to work. He's back in the post office excited. as a postal clerk, hey, you know, excited as could be. Appreciated you. But during that conversation, he was crying, she was crying. I mean, it was an emotionally charged event. You're like, and so that would, you know, when we say we're avoiding conflict, we're avoiding something, we're not really avoiding anything. We're not avoiding it because when you avoid it, say you decided to keep them, it's still a conflict somewhere else. Like it right, might not yeah. be right in that moment. But like there, the, the conflict has transferred either internally or to somebody else's responsibility. There's a, still a conflict there, um, but like you can't avoid it because I don't. I don't think conflict can be avoided. It it can to the point that it explodes. Okay. I okay. I think that people okay. like if we had left this, let's say this example, if we had left this guy, eventually somebody would have gotten hurt, and that would have been our explosion. And it's that proactive versus reactive thing. And a lot of a lot of leaders have a hard time being proactive with it. We had been talking to this young man along the way to let him know. If you, let's say, if you move somebody, fire somebody, whatever, and they're surprised, then that's your fault as a leader. That It should never be a surprise when somebody gets bad news. Somebody tell you, like, this caught me off guard. Then that means How you have you, failed as a leader. Because... And this is a big one for people. For people listening, this is a big one. They tell you that, that I don't know. This caught me off guard. But then you might think, how could how could you not see that? Because they ain't you. They don't see what you. They're not. They're living their own little story, and your story is different than theirs. Your views are different than theirs. So it's not that they didn't see it, right? They never even understood that it existed. And that's where the, <laughs> the communication part comes into right. confrontation. Yeah. Because when you confront somebody and you're communicating with them, hey, here's the problem. 
you need to make sure they've received that in a way that they understand. So I'm telling you it's ABC. They need to be able to repeat back to you, okay, I get it, it's ABC. And then you develop a plan to work on it. Because if they come back and say, no, it's D, E, and F, then you've got to readdress it. That way they cannot later say, you know, I, what are you talking about? I never saw this coming. So let's, let's switch to the, the C word, right? So how can we develop or create the courage to have that conversation? I think that's where it comes back to that self-awareness. If you have the courage to have the conversations with yourself when you're dealing with your inner conflict, you're more likely to be able to have the conversation with someone else. Right. Because you have to be, to mm-hmm. use another C word, you have to be confident. Vulnerable is, it takes, takes, it takes uh, being courageous to be vulnerable with self. And it's, it's and it, you use it because when you, this, you're, I, will, I know you're right, but like I'm going to say you're right because people can't see my body language all the time. Um, but it comes back when you, get, when you feel, when you're more self aware. You're more courageous. You're more vulnerable when you when you deal with your own personal conflicts. You be more, you become more confident, mm-hmm. right? And that confident, just like anything else, it like it transcends you. It, it, it's in everything else that you do, everything else that you affect, every every person that you. That confidence comes out in every moment, movement, and how you live your life. Um, and and I almost believe really like that's that momentum you need. That 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 personal awareness. That dealing with your own personal conflicts is is the momentum you need to be a more successful leader, right? Uh, for me, I didn't. I, I guess I I liked confrontation when it was on my terms. That's ego, <laughs> right? I, I want to be in a fight where I'm the strongest yeah, one. Yeah, I want. I, I like when it was on my terms, and um, it was always everybody else but me, and. I never, I think I always felt that I had a part to play, but I never wanted to accept it because it didn't feel good. Yeah. It didn't feel good. And over time, I started to realize that the conflicts that I had internally were literally making my life so damn hard. Literally, I was I was avoiding all these things that needed to happen, and I had no growth. Yeah. And I wasn't helping nobody. I wasn't, I just was, I was, like I said, the, we talked about the avoidance. Like I was just prolonging it. <laughs> like, well, because you're also in that self-preservation mode. Mm-hmm. If you're not dealing with your own stuff, you're in self-preservation mode. And when you're in that mode, you're of no use to anybody else. I, that's, and that's what I feel like the first half of my career was like. I was always about, it was self. It was about me or it wasn't about nobody else. So I was, I was preserving who, who I thought I was being, I would tell people, you know, if it's about me or, um, you know, I got to take care of myself. And, and you and you tell yourself these eternal lies just to make yourself feel good about who you are when the, the, the true honesty is like telling yourself who you ain't, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's hard to do. And so when I was able to do that, when I was able to look within and be more introspective, when I learned what, what introspection was, I remember I was listening to something with, uh, with Freud or something like that. And, um, I learned, I was like, introspection, what is that? And I typed it into Google. I'm like, Oh, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother word, you know? And, um, 
I can li- I can literally recall the way I let people changed. But that's that maturation that we've talked about before too. You know, it's not that you were a bad leader when you were younger. You were just a young leader. And so I think it's important for people to understand that dealing with conflict also matures. Because, you know, and I share the story in another uh, podcast where... It's like conflict hardened, combat hardened. Well, they, you know, the, the story I shared is the guys were going to deal with their conflict by fighting it out, which really didn't solve yeah. anything. Yeah. And, and that was a, you know, would have that been was a ego. physical... Of course, you know, <laughs> but that would have been a physical thing. But even if it's not physical and it's verbal... It, that's the way your younger self deals with stuff. And then as you mature, you start to realize, okay, that's not going to solve anything. And when you're able to step back and remove your ego from it and say, what is it that we're trying? What's the real issue and what are we trying to get to? So the real issue is that you disagree with what I'm saying. Okay, got it. That's, we got it. But what, what is it? Where are we trying to go with this? So we disagree on these aspects. Where we're ultimately trying to go there. So then what's important to you What's important to me in the conversation? And if we can bridge that and get away from all the volatile type of confrontation and just deal with the conflict for what it is that we're in a disagreement, you're going to have a better outcome in the end. Always. No. It's just being being mature enough to do it. Maturity is... I think maturity mature. and communication are like... Because you're like, it's almost it. like you, like when you, we talk about avoiding conflict, because we, we're trying to avoid the negative experience that's about to happen, because that's what we're really thinking about. It's like when you're young, it's like you feed off that. It's like, yeah. let me go, no, give it give it to me. Like, oh, you got somebody, I got it, I'll handle it, because you just want to go do it. Um, and I, I think that has a lot to do with like the, you know, social standards and things like that. They... They say you you pose a fight for yourself. You That's pose right. a argue it out, and and if they don't want to listen, make them listen. They, uh, multiple words that people use when it comes to that stuff, but and that's it all ain't about healthy. you. Yeah, and that's all about though. you. Oh, it's not healthy. And when you when you learn to consider the other person's feelings and ideas and respect all that stuff, you're going to be able to deal with whatever the conflict is in a much look, better way. Look at it, you know, as we we look at like. You know, um, where we our first teachers and our first organizations is homes that, that we come from, and it's not you. You get some people that that do get a, a little bit healthier uh, family dynamic, no matter if it's mother, father, or just mother or just father. However you look at it, where they take the time to say, "Let's sit down and just discuss it." Mm-hmm. Right? I did not come from a household like that. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you that right now. Yeah. So having a conversation, no, it's just like you do what I say, not what I do. Right? And so you have the, these people that don't know how to, uh, just like me at a, at a certain point, don't that don't know how to deal with the conflict, the internal conflict or external conflict, and we get paralyzed, we get we get stuck in a in a certain mindset, and we just just we do everything to to avoid it. But how can we? What environment should we create to like make that different? Like how can we as leaders create an environment where you can, you know, just like a conflict resolution, we sit in there, both of us say, okay, I want you to, this is what you're going to do, this is what you're going to do, this is how I'm going to deal with, like being in a, a, a court of law, there's going to be that person that dictates the, the what happens, but they're still set on a certain set of rules, right? So if you're not, if you've never had to sit down and talk things out, you're from a, a household that was abusive where people yelled and screamed and and all these things, like how do you, learn something 
you've never seen and probably never been taught because society is showing us a whole different side of that. You, you've got to seek it out. How do you, but you, like, sometimes you know you're missing it, though, Well, man. hopefully they're listening to this show and okay, they're like, all right. You miss, if you think you're missing it, you probably are. <laughs> but that's the thing. You've got to seek it out and, and seek that growth. Because if you don't, you're going to be stuck in the same thing. And I think, honestly, I think people that come from, you know, a volatile type of uh, background where maybe it wasn't abusive, but their family was always yelling at them or, you know, it was, hey, do as I say, not as I do. And you're almost even better equipped to deal with it once you cross that threshold and mature it into be, where you it, are. It has to be, it has, the unconscious has to become conscious. Right, because then you... You have a point of reference, and so then when somebody else is trying to get like very surly with you, you can sit back and say, "This isn't about me." Right? They're they're coming from a place that I recognize because I might have dealt with it in the past. It's volatile, but I know if I just like let them get it out, then we can deal with this in in a in a more mature way. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that, growth is challenging anyway. That's, yeah. that's a conflict in itself. Right. <laughs> Growth is a conflict because you get so stuck. I remember I used to I used to tell my wife, I was like, this is who I am. This is who I always will be. Accept it or, or leave it. Uh, that ain't realistic. Nope. <laughs> like life changes, people grow. Like it um we get so caught up in uh, is it mediocrity? Uh or just uh, of not changing. Yeah, well, you know, because change is hard. Right. We get so caught up, and so we want to do everything to, to maintain it and having hard conversation, knowing things could change. Yeah. And it could change for the better or it could change for the worse. Like I can say that I'm going to come to you and say, hey, I'm going to tell him about his new job, and, you know, I'm, I'm coming and my tone is right and everything is good, and I tell you, and you lose your shit. But let's see, so <laughs> your example can, earlier of, being in the legal setting where there's, what do they call it, a mediator? Uh-huh. Conflict resolution. So yeah. when there's a mediator there and you've got this side and this side, the mediator's job is to deal with the explosions. Correct. So imagine the point of your own maturation as a leader when you don't need the mediator, you're your own mediator. So if you're sitting there with somebody else and they're Powerful. exploding, yeah, yeah. You've, got, you, you know, you've got it within you to say, okay, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to allow you to talk to me like that or you're dealing with oh, I've this, done that but that's yeah. what I'm saying that's where you're dealing with so that's a, that's a good point you've got to deal with it like the mediator because if you're dealing with if you're someone that a lower position and you're dealing with a, a somebody higher like that's a right. big thing for us like you know working for generals and stuff like that you can't just be like listen here mm-hmm. you know this is how no that's not that ain't how it works right and so you have to be like sir I'm not this this conversation obviously is going one direction and the we need to come back and revisit this at another time. Healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. So the mediator in a in a conflict resolution, the mediator is the one who sets up the boundaries. If you've got your own internal mediator and you're at that place in your life, that's where you're able to set up your own healthy boundaries so you can deal with conflicts in a in a like I don't want to say happy way, but in a healthy way. When somebody starts getting too aggro on you, you can say, "All right, let's let's put a pin in this. We'll come back to it later." Or you at least like a mediator would you see both sides of the argument and you can you can hear what they're saying and then respond accordingly oh is a conflict can don't let don't let conflict become negative confrontation at least incarceration <laughs> that's some legal stuff there 
That is some legal stuff there. I mean, that's what you got to think about. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of conversations with my bosses where they come across, like, not come across the table, where they come at me in a way I'm like, yeah, that's not about to happen. Right. Right? And then you have to, like, bring yourself to a point because you start your hand. And people don't know what I'm talking about that, you know, that have lived it. Your hand gets to shaking. You start sweating a little. And mm-hmm. You, you want to come across the table literally. Right? But you have to mediate yourself. Right? You have to, like, okay, that the internal conflict, okay, if I hit this dude, I'm, I'm going to get in deep trouble. Yep. But if I can just be calm and talk it through, everything will be fine. But the little gremlin is saying, just hit him. Just hit him. Right? But the other person is saying, it's not worth it. They're not worth it. And you can get more, you know, you can you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. And that's your internal mediator working. Right. And then imagine <clears throat> putting that same template on top of your leadership ability. So instead of being the one who's receiving the leader metaphorically coming across the table, now you're the one in that position. So when you're dealing with somebody in your team, you know what not to do. Right. Even if it's a really touchy situation or a really super emotional situation, you know how to deal with it in a way that is healthy and mature and not become that leader who's coming across the table. I always wonder how I learned how to do that. I, I mean, I think I learned it. I think I, 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 no, I know how I learned it. One time I blew up on a, um, a leader of mine or a manager or boss of mine, mm-hmm. and it didn't go well. Yeah. For you. <laughs> it did for me. No, it didn't go well for me. Because even if you write and you blow up on them, you don't have the legs to stand on, right? Yeah. Um, but it's so much more powerful when you set the boundaries. And what I've learned is if you can handle that situation with respect and dignity, you actually come out. I've actually mm-hmm. become good friends with people. I got a boss that uh, he, he said something to me, and I was mass ardent. And he said something to me. I was like, everybody out. And he, he outranked me by two, yeah. at least, you know what I mean? And the officer side, I'm like, hey, everybody out, right? And then it, we, we, I just, it, this will not happen, right? And and I stood that ground in a respectful way. I didn't go off on him or anything like that, but I said, this is, I'm not gonna, I'm a grown man too. Like, we both have this rank, we have responsibilities, but there's a certain thing called respect. And that goes both ways. And I was angry. I remember shaking. I was so mad. I had to leave for a minute and then come back and explain to the Marines what had happened and all that stuff. But when I came back, he was at my, my ceremony the other day and like he talked good. Like he, and he's always involved. Like from that moment forward, we were thick as thieves. So there's growth that happened on both yes. sides there. It was, you know what I mean? And, and hopefully, and I, it literally changed the way he, he interacted in general. And think about how powerful that is, man. Conflict is and good. Too. That's right, because yeah. you both grew from it. So from that, whatever that event was, both yeah. of you came out better on the back end of it because it was handled in a in the right way. Right. It could have because if it went the if I'd have handled it the wrong way, it could have been like adverse fitness report, adverse well, evaluation, and you know you're fired or you or know. let's say you just avoided it. So there's there's then, all then ends I'll of the spectrum. In an environment, I work in an environment that I don't want that be you hate in, it. That's right. That I hate it, and that's I right. something just because I don't want to, just because I'm, I'm I'm avoiding the conflict. So there's dealing with it in a healthy way. There's dealing with it in the negative way where it goes really south, and then there's just the avoidance where you're like, you're still dealing, you know, you're still like sitting in that cesspool, yeah. and there's all that resentment. I don't sit in cesspools no more. I can't. I, 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 there's a there's a there's a fine line. I don't want to force the issue. But I also do believe there's a healthy time to to resolve it as well. And, it's, and for 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 many, we have to understand that just because we want to resolve it right now, the temperature in the room might not be right now resolving it. 
Mm-hmm. It might be waiting a couple hours, waiting to the next day, right? We're letting out everybody to decompress. Collect your thoughts. Collect your thoughts so you can come back in and not be acting in, 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 in uh, from a negative place or from an anger or a spiteful place. And I think that's the biggest piece when it comes to the to dealing with the conflict, avoiding the conflict, and and dealing with confrontation and incarceration, actually. So, yeah, let's yeah, let's, let's avoid let's that help, too. Avoid that. But <laughs> as we kind of wrap up, I will just say, don't be afraid to deal with conflict. No, don't be afraid. And don't think that every conflict is negative. Like conflict is both positive and negative. But don't be afraid of either. It's all um, about the temperature of the conversation. What's going on? Um, and I would leave you with this is like confrontation is not about everybody else. Uh, 99.9% of the time, if there's an issue, if you're having an issue with someone else, then you need to look within first. Absolutely. It's, it's the hundred hundred rule, right? (laughs) You need to look within first because you can say they had a responsibility to do this, this, and this, but you also have probably just as, um, just as important responsibility to, interject something positive and meaningful when you interact with people. Yeah, because you can't control them. The only person you can control is yourself. And so how you show up is 100% up to you. That's factual information, people. All right, guys, gals, this is the end of uh, this episode. And there are going to be many more. Just keep listening. And, you know, if you love it, like it, um, please give a review. Please uh, leave a um, a comment. uh on the, your social media platform or uh, in the, whatever podcast platform you listen to it in. Yeah, and if you've got ideas, things you'd like to hear us talk about, let us know. We're on Instagram at that L word with an underscore after that. Uh, give us give us the ideas of what you want to hear, and we'll we'll definitely tackle those as well. Always. Until next time. All right. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you, guys, gals.